0: Take your Bibles now and go back to Isaiah chapter 1, uh, titled this, I guess I'm titling the series, not the sermon, just that, uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, and the Disciples of Lot. Uh, my wife asked me at lunch today, she said, uh, what was Sodom and Disciples of Lot? <laughs> Come on, you know. I says, I haven't got to that yet, <laughs> okay, so, and I'm going to get to it, uh, I will, uh, But that's not tonight, and that may not even be next Sunday, but we're going to get there, okay? But you'll find it here in these first 20 verses that are uh, of of Isaiah, verses 7 through 20 was the text for it all. But I'm just going to read verses 7 through 20, or 7, excuse me, 1 through 7, and then I'm going to, or 1 through 6, I'll get it right yet. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6, and then have a word of prayer, and then I will uh, introduce the audio that I wanted you to hear uh, tonight before this message. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Bad kings there, a good king like Hezekiah. But I also want to say, he says this is coming from him that what he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. Okay, so don't think that you get away with sin, don't think you get away with rebellion against the Word of God after you're saved. And his ways because he knows the end from the beginning. Because things just don't happen right at that moment. Don't think they're not going to happen. Verse 2 says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, But Israel doth not know, my people hath not considered. In other words, you're dumb as an ox. (laughs) When God, God says you're dumb as an ox to not pay attention, then that's what's going on. He says, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They have gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. And the whole heart faint. In other words, the Lord says you're backslid, and you're sick in the head as a result of that. I mean, that is dumb to go away from the Word of God, go away from what you know is right, what you've been taught is right from God's Word. That 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 is a sick head. That is a sick head when we backslide, uh, and that's the way God views it, whether we like it that way or not. And so he said, from the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified. Too often we're like the little child that gets in trouble and then he's very sorry, and what can I do to make it right? As soon as the day of trouble's passed and all that's made right, he goes right back to what he was going to do anyhow. And I'm afraid that's happening to Christians, to the church, all across this country. And God has a point where he stops. Instead of just saying, okay, well, well, we'll get over that. That judgment begins at the house of God. So be careful. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray as we look into this word further tonight that you would just really speak to the hearts of the people because really in many ways, the book of Isaiah is really addressing the need of revival in a country. And Lord, you have blessed us over the years with men of God not only in this church but in this country, in this state in this city some men that were used of thee at times abandoned you others stayed true but Lord we're still here and if you'd use us as instruments of revival where we are and then help us all to have the attitude, the attitude of an Isaiah in chapter six where he said, "Hear my Lord, send me." And I would ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I find it interesting that King Josiah had a prophecy of him 250 years before he was born. Israel, the, now that's the northern kingdom. They had messed up big time, okay. They were over there. They had just messed up. And they had turned up bell worship and so forth and all these false gods. And they built an altar. And when the king was there one day, the Lord, through his prophet, told him, there's going to be a king. God will raise up in Judah, which is the southern kingdom. That's one time the south will end up beating the north, okay. In the southern kingdom, Judah, by the name of Josiah. Now think of that. That is 250 years before Josiah is a king, before he's born. If that's not enough, Israel will end up going into captivity. Judah will be followed into captivity. They'll go in they'll be gone for 70 years. But in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1, 150 years before it actually happens. It names a king by the name of Cyrus, who will lead the media, Medo-Persian, not the media, <laughs> the Medo-Persian uh, armies, that will defeat Babylon and defeat other nations along the way to come to make sure that Jerusalem is allowed to be rebuilt and restored. God knows what's going to happen ahead of time. So, when we read 1 Peter four seventeen and it says, judgment begins at the house of God. Don't think, That with the contemporary and all other things that are going on, that we're getting away with it. We're not. We're not. Now, with that thought in mind, I laid out those predictions of the Bible, those prophecies of the Bible that came true. Now, tonight I'm gonna in in a sense play a prophecy, but the man who does it is not a prophet, but the vision that he had you would think of it is as a prophet, but maybe just seeing the signs of the time when our country had already uh, made the laws about, well, you can't have the Bible and prayer in school. And a Cuban Missile Crisis was going on, as well as the other things involved there. This man was on the American News Network. ABC News as a matter of fact on the radio he's heard often most of us when I'm going to say his name would know who it was but in the year 1965 Paul Harvey gave this on his little program that he had on the radio and he titled it If I Were the Devil. Please listen because I think it really ties in with what we're going to be covering in Isaiah chapter 1. So, Brother Mark, would you play that please, sir?
1: If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I have seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I set about however necessary to take over the United States, And I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day.
0: That went up over national radio back in that day. But don't forget, back in that day, we weren't listening to cuss words on TV. Let alone the newsmen doing it, TV programs didn't have that. There were various standards. If those standards were broken, those those programs were taken off the air. Jack Parr got kicked off, got, got censored first and eventually just quit from the Tonight Show for a joke he told that I've heard told in churches. And most of you, if I told it to you tonight, you would not think it was a dirty joke but it lacked the taste for the people, that they wanted a moral people and a good moral country. So in 1965, those that were living then and are well aware of what the culture was, you know what I'm saying. This thing probably seemed to them in that day as, oh, come on, it's not going to get like that. No, Paul Harvey wasn't uh, uh, one of the standards of uh, Christianity and righteousness and so forth. I I know he participated in uh, helping Billy Graham with some crusades some other churches. He was in different ones. As a matter of fact, near the end of his life, though, he he was um, retired in Arizona. Health was an issue. And his wife turned into a... Jehovah Witness, and then had him come in and get baptized in Jehovah Witnesses, so, uh, and I believe that when he was in his 90s, he died, and so I, I believe that perhaps there this last couple of years, his mind just wasn't there, of course it wasn't, he wasn't broadcasting for a while after, before that, you know, so, but there was one time, we all listened to Paul Harvey, that were in that era, because we knew that he was telling us the truth, From a secular viewpoint, he saw the destruction of our country. We've got something stronger than a secular viewpoint. We've got a biblical viewpoint. And if you can't see the destruction of the local church and God's judgment on it, followed by the judgment on this country, then you have a spiritual blindness and ignorance that goes beyond comparison. You better, better wake up, not woke up, okay? So, having said that, let's go back now. This morning I had uh, shared with you from Psalms chapter 9, verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God, and in con- in junction with that, we read Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So that doesn't mean all those nations are Christian, but there are standards that are there that if they go by them, and just don't let it go wild as it has gone in this country. God make it. You ever wonder sometimes why some of these nations out there that uh, maybe they may be Muslim or something at least they have some morals. Some of them had some morals. And when a Christian nation doesn't have morals, we can expect perhaps a Christian nation may have some problems. So uh, we were going along there. Then we got down to uh, after looking at some things here of the local church needing to repent. I was going to read verse 7, but then our time was up. So, I look at verse 7 here in Isaiah chapter 1. And notice what God says through the prophet Isaiah. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. What do you think about these people crossing the border? The fentanyl? Or maybe a year or two ago when we saw the burning of cities? Or when you have somebody that is on another side of the world by the name of Soros that's funding all of this stuff to destroy America. I see it written right here. It's before us. We think that we've become so great with our nuclear power, our abilities, that we are completely safe. Our faith is in ourselves, our technology, and our education, and that is proving to be a failure. Our strength and hope is still in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The rock culture has opened the door to the destruction of the home, Society, it's adopting it in every way thinkable. And for the local church, it has destroyed its testimony. You've heard me talk about Cato Tabernacle. B.R. Lakin, great man of God, used of God greatly in this country. Had the Cato Tabernacle. But it no longer exists. It quit existing a long time ago. Tennessee Temple College. Literally thousands upon thousands of churches planted around this globe. Missionaries bringing multitudes of souls to the Savior. Uh, A church that was one of the top two or three churches in the country of attendance. You could see every week on their prayer sheet they'd have a list. It was literally... Hundreds and hundreds of people that had been saved that week led to the Lord by name. And now that doesn't exist any longer. Because the contemporary crowd said, you need to get rid of all that legalism. We have the way to do it. And their way destroyed a ministry that doesn't stand any longer. And so, again, it's destroyed the testimony. They have abandoned the Word of God. They have abandoned its hope. They have abandoned the power, the only power that would make us victorious. The power of the Word of God and our God Himself. As bell worshipped, I think I'll just say bell from now on, because I say ball worship, they think you're talking about sports. So we'll say as bell worship, but the worship of the moon, the worship of the stars, it has, it has turned to a woke religion, and turned from the identity, Identification with what the Christian is supposed to be. When you get saved, you'll find out in Ephesians chapter four verses 22 through 24. Receiving Christ, you put off the old man and you put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. Every one of us as Christians need to examine ourselves individually. Now tonight it pretty well sounds like I'm talking about what's going on across this country and I am and so many churches that have been affected even in our own community. I am. But we're not above it all. We're not above it all. So what I'm trying to say is is that we've got to get rid of this jellyfish backbone that will not stand up to their children to stand up for God. We'll sacrifice Morals will sacrifice just regular every day that even the world would have of morals and right because their children want something else. When I first took over as pastor and was doing Wednesday nights, uh, I had a group saying, oh, we got to get this in. And uh, I, I got in some things on the home, on uh, series um, by, I'll just say Jim. You know who he is, okay? And The psychologist, the Christian psychologist, oh, it's so wonderful, and I started playing those things, and he says, your child may be playing something, some loud rock music in his bedroom. Don't go in there and start yelling at him. Tell him to turn it down. It shouldn't be disturbing everybody else. Your daughter may want to stay out till after midnight, but... We're living in a different age. Tell her the parameters, but it's a different age. I made the mistake of having not watched that before we showed it. I got up and told the people, look, that was wrong. I says, that guy is actually out of the Nazarene, so he doesn't even believe in eternal security, and he is not us. Therefore, He is turning this grace of God into lasciviousness. Guess what? You don't say anything about him, so I had people leave the church because I said that. Okay, people don't want to hear the truth. And so they run from it. They run from it. So you look back at Israel, what were they doing? Well, they had pictures of the sun stars, all worship, several of the religious goddesses, women on the walls of the temple. Priests were worshiping the sun, the Bible tells us. Unfortunately, We see those sins coming back into the church where they call us a bunch of legalists and they want to turn sin into another word, liberty. But God has never amended His book. Holiness is still holiness. Righteousness is still righteousness. Sin is still sin. Immodesty is still modesty. And God still condemns it. And so it's up to us to say, Am I going to stand true to the Word of God? Even if every member of my church goes another way, I'm going to stand true to God. That's got to be it. Every member of my family, if my children turn from it, I'm going to stand true to God. Why? Because you may be the one that has the influence, at least to bring those grandchildren or great grandchildren back to Christ. Now, to me, this morning, had one of my grandchildren and uh, some of my great grandchildren here and was able to stand and get a picture. Man, that was great. I really enjoyed that. I really did. But uh, I'm not there to raise those kids, that's their parents. Now it's on them in a society that's gone completely woke. Their work is cut out. That parent, those parents, those grandparents, they've got to walk with God, but so do we. We need the power of God in a culture that Satan is obviously in full control. And it's a shame that Christians do not realize that. And so God hasn't eliminated faithfulness to His house. Obedience to his word and his commands. Which one c- command that started in the Old Testament and is repeated in the New Testament be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Meaning, my holiness is the measure. Be ye holy, as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Your measure is not the measure, it's God's measure. Why? put the booklet out on holiness for that purpose. To get it in your mind. That's why I wanted it 30 days, one a day so that you could think on it, meditate on it and just see, oh, this is important. It's something to read to your grandchildren, talk to them, teach it to them. Not because I wrote it, goodness gracious, I wouldn't have been able to write it if God just didn't give it to me as it went along. The good example of that is what Paul Harvey said on that broadcast in 1965. What he said there wasn't just something that he came up with because he's so brilliant, and he was a brilliant man, but he was open to let God put that in his heart. I believe that, and God used his mouth to do that. But to sit there and claim ah, those, those standards, those everything else, to act like it's no longer a part of His Word, it's no longer pertinent to our life because we live in this society. This society doesn't overrule the Word of God. This society doesn't overrule anything of God's holiness and righteousness. What we've got to realize, you've got to be either on the Lord's side or on the world's side. You see, you read in Matthew, you find out that Jesus Christ is the great divider. He even said that in some homes it will be the father against the son, the mother against the daughter, the mother against the daughter-in-law. And that is what would go on, and you've got to decide which side the great divider you're going to be on. You've got to decide, am I going to stand? But I love my children. Well, if you love your children, then do right. If you love your children, do right, because that's one of the best things that you can do for them. Verse 8 says, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage." in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. God hasn't failed, folks. God has not failed. He has not failed us. The local church, and too many Christians, have left it For a flesh appealing, religious, woke, wicked tolerating, wickedness tolerating world, that if they just add that wickedness to it, Jesus' name and say we're doing this, it's a Christian thing, it's a Christian woke, it's a Christian rock, it's a Christian uh, standard. When it is not, just putting Christ's name to it doesn't make it right, that's blasphemy. Got to learn to understand, there is a difference between blasphemy and holiness. Putting Christ's name to anything, and that thing is not holy, is a sin against God. It's blasphemy. Got to understand that that is blasphemy to speak evil of. You're speaking the evil of God when you say God has given me the liberty to drink, to social drink. God has given me, and listen, all these places want now, okay, let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and everybody can, that wants to use marijuana can. and got a president now that wants to let everybody do that. Put all those have been arrested for it out. I wonder if fentanyl's next. He said, well, I could never get to that. Well, let me tell you something. I never thought what we have today we'd ever get to. The devil is a deceiver. And he deceives very, very strongly. Especially when you're not walking with God. You're not turning to His Word. You're not walking in righteousness, true holiness. You're not living in obedience to the Word of God. When you used to serve God, you used to be in the work of God. You used to maybe teach a Sunday school class, sing in a choir. Maybe you used to uh, go on visitation, on, down we could go, but you no longer do any of those things. Because I just don't have time. Oh, what's the time? occupied with? That's a question you better ask yourself. Is that, whatever my time is occupied that takes away from serving God, is it something that's holy and acceptable unto God when I stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ? I don't think that probably 99%, if not 100% of us, fully understand what ashamed at his appearing means. Because that's going to not only be a shame before if you have children and grandchildren there, it's not only going to be a shame before them. All of heaven. All of heaven. When the hidden things of darkness are revealed. And so, my friend. You may not feel bad about skipping church. Oh, I've got company coming in, so I can't be here. Bring your company to church. If they won't come to church and they're staying in your house, let them stay in your house. But come to church, let them know God is first. God is first. Make sure they have a bowl of cereal there at home to eat for lunch, and then you come on down here, okay? And you go out and you eat a nice meal somewhere. Not really. I'm just saying that for fun. But um, uh, I'm not saying for fun, though, to, to not let them keep you from being in God's house. Don't disobey God. Don't spit in the face of God in order to please your family or anybody else that's visiting you, okay? Don't do that. You see, the problem is today We have become so besieged by the culture that there is a desire to be relevant to the world instead of Christ. Which the word Christian means Christ like. Christ like. He which is holy and righteous. Holiness, righteousness, as defined by the Word of God. Not necessarily by what teachers and preachers of theology have long since abandoned and watered it down to make it say something completely different than what the Word of God says. And they've turned it down for the sake of money and acceptance, you might say is the old term for acceptance with the hoi polloi. And that is the sin of the church today. And that is repulsive. That is stomach turning to our God. And my friend, I don't want to be repulsive to God. It cost Isaiah his life to take this stand. It cost cost men down through the ages. Pliny, one of the church fathers, they said, reject Christ and live or we'll kill you. And he was burnt at a stake. He said, 80 and 6 years I've served him and now you want me to forsake him who has never forsaken me? Yeah, he burned at a stake and woke up in glory. Stephen was killed with stones pelting his body, and he prayed for those that did it. And he woke up with Jesus standing, getting up out of a seat and standing at the right hand of the Father to honor a man that would be willing to stand for him. You've got to believe that God will reward that. But if you have a lack of faith in the reward of standing for God, and if you take it on the chin or however else you take it, then, my friend, you're not going to accomplish anything that is good and eternal if you're unwilling to stand. Now, I've got to hold to that. You've got to hold to that as a believer, not just as a member of Central Baptist Church, not me just as a pastor, as a child of God as a child of God. And so, we hold to the King James 1611 Bible. Brother uh, Woodard did a great job on that, that he did there, and that series is going to stay up there on our website. But that 1611 Bible is anathema to many so-called fundamental Christian colleges. They don't want it. They say, oh, we use the King James, but in their Greek classes, and their uh, Hebrew classes, they're not teaching the language as it came through the King James or taken, or the, well, became the King James. They're not using the text Receptacles and the Masoretic Text. They're using critical text for their translations. But they say, oh, we're fundamental. Yes, they are fundamental, they're fundamental to the world. They're fundamental to unrighteousness. They're fundamental to that which goes against God. They practice those fundamentals, but they don't practice fun- the holy fundamentals to stand true to the Word of God as it is to men as they are. So we're in the minority here tonight. We are a minority in the local churches of America but that's not to be like the little doggie that puts his tail between his legs and takes off running the opposite direction. So the question is, will you be a part of the remnant that is found in verse 9 of our text where he says, Once again, there, as I look at that, he says, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a small remnant, we would have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Do you see what God thought about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 19? As a Christian, because the Bible also tells us about Lot who was dwelling there, that he was a righteous man. He was saved. But he vexed his soul with that iniquity. He vexed. It was like attacked his own soul. The relationship that he had with God, he attacked it. My friend, we have to decide, I'm going to stand with Abraham, I'm not going to be a part of the remnant lot of Sodom and Gomorrah to be accounted before God at the judgment seat of Christ as a contributor to the ruin, not only of my country, but of the local church. We don't, we don't stand We don't move forward. We don't become the witness that God wants us to be. If we don't have the holy standards in our own life. We want to do the things the world does. We want to social drink. We want to go to their movies. We want to do this. We want to do that. Don't expect God to accept you. As part of the remnant. That is going to help bring your country back. He's going to look at you as part of the problem when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ. The time to decide where you're going to stand is right now. I used that little audio presentation by Paul Harvey tonight to see what somebody back in 1965 saw coming and it came. It happened. And it continues to happen. What's interesting? Somebody just sent that to me in an email just this weekend. This wasn't inserted until yesterday in my heart and mind. I want you to see it. Now the question is: the question yourself. Don't look across the aisle and say, "Yeah, like man, he hit her. He hit him. I didn't hit anybody." It's got to be the Spirit of God that speaks to our. I'm just here as a vessel to deliver His Word. Your part. Is to hear and do. Let me just say one more thing. I'm going say it whether you let me or not. Uh, if anything will not keep you out of going to work tomorrow, it won't keep you out. Yeah, I feel bad, but I'm going to go. Got to work. Or, the family's having to get together. Oh, I feel that way, but I'm going to go. Oh, or there's something else going on. I, I feel this bad, but I'm going to go. But it'll keep you out of church. Your priorities are no better than the world's. And it's time to get it right with God. It's time to
1: get it right with God. Let's bow our heads, please.